Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. Back again. I got water, man. This is the last show of 2022. Why not celebrate it with some good old H2O? Oxygen and uh, hydrogen coming together to make this brilliant piece of work right here. Water is brilliant. It's a fantastic piece of work, man. Shout out to water. Shout out to, shout out to the universe. Shout out to God and whoever's responsible for this beverage that we call H2O. Thank you. And I want y'all drinking more water in 2023. I want y'all drinking more water in 2023. Don't play me. Don't play me. You know what I'm saying? Get in on this water life, man. Get in on it. I don't want no excuses. Y'all know what it is, man. Water life. Um, The holidays have approached. They're here and they're looking us dead in the eyes. They're looking us dead in the eyes right now. Holidays ain't no punk. Um... You know, I noticed a lot of people have been reaching out to me, making sure I'm good for the holidays. Um, I appreciate it. Um, thank you. Love y'all for it. The holidays are tough. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Sucks. Losing some rain just killed my whole festive spirit, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure I'll get it back eventually. But now I'm just like, eh, you know, it's whatever. It's probably why I'm big trash on gifts now. I'm just like, I don't know. Just tell me. Just tell me what you need. Uh, I, I'll get it for you. But, uh, you know, go push through. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I've had great Christmases with the with the Baker boys as a unit. And, you know, it's always a package deal. I remember some great, 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 great moments um, with them on Christmas mornings and all that good stuff. So it's tough emotionally kicked in, ass cheeks kicked in. Um, this ain't got nothing to do with none of this, but it was extremely hot last night in the house. It was burning up in the crib. This ain't got nothing to do with what I was just talking about. I was just thinking about how hot it was last night. I was like, God damn, man, it was a sweat box. And it was only... Once, once you change the degrees in your house... It was like, normally it'd be like 73 degrees. It was set to like 76 or 78. And now I was just like, man, what the hell is going on? It felt like Phoenix, Arizona, July 15th in the bedroom. And we covered up. I was just like, man, what the hell is going on? And I couldn't sleep last night. I was up watching mad episodes of Yellowstone when I should have been asleep. That's why I couldn't get up for the gym. I just kept hitting that. I was tearing that snooze button in half. I was snooze McGee, man. Clip this. Why do we why do we snooze? We lean on the snooze. We need to, we need to take the snooze button out of the equation. We need to take the snooze button option off the phones. Alarm clock should be like one and done. Say what you mean and mean what you say when you set the goddamn clock. No snoozes. 
Because all this news is, is, is it's either going to torture you. See, now you're setting your snooze for those little extra two minutes, you know, the two minute increments. You're torturing yourself. You're not really fully going back to sleep anyway. You're not getting real rest. Or it's just going to make you rely on that. I'm going to just keep snoozing. And then you're just going to get weak. And then you're not going to do what you're supposed to be doing. The alarm clock should be one and done. Final say. You said 7 a.m. This is it. This is your only option. That way we forced to really get up. To look awake in the face and take it. That way we're not folding up. That way we're not missing nothing. Especially when it's something that is not imperative but important. Like the gym this morning. It's not imperative that I got up to go to the gym because nobody was waiting on me at the gym. There was no, you know. But it was something that I wanted to do and I folded because I was just snooze McGee. Like tomorrow I got to get up so we can film workplace comedy, right? My call time is at 8 o'clock. That means I'm getting up. I'm getting up. Because people depending on me now. It ain't just me. So I'm going to set the clock and, you know, get my mark ass up. But, man, that snooze button, we, we leaning on it too much. And you run the risk of the snooze button not coming back for you. That's happened before. The snooze button was like, man, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? You told me seven you done hit me for 705, 707, 709. I'm not doing this with you all day. If I was a long clock, I would be petty. I'd be like, hey, man, you told me seven. I showed up at seven. I did my job. And then I woke up other people, man. I ain't got time to be here all day with you. And you snoozing your partner to death. I was probably tearing Sabrina in half this morning with the snoozers. I definitely hit you a few times. Yeah, see? You know what I'm saying? I'm ruining her sleep with the snoozery. If I got up the first time, I wouldn't have ruined her sleep. What you need is Alarmy. That's the app that I have that it it will not turn off <laughs> unless you do a task. So the, t- the task, you could either shake the phone 25 times, but you have to shake it 25 times or it restarts. Uh-huh. If you wait too long between those 25 shakes, it'll restart and you have to do it 25 more. Ooh. Or you have to write out three different sentences and you have to write it perfectly with the uh (laughs) with the proper grammar and everything like all of that Uh, or they're going to make you do it all over again or there's another one that you have to do a certain amount of steps in order for the alarm clock to stop so alarm me huh i need the steps yeah so alarm me like you can choose what task that you want in order to like have it wake you up yeah um this isn't sponsored, of course. This is right. This is not what, an ad, y'all. This is, this this is, is not an ad. Organic. This <laughs> but is alarm me. It, I ain't gonna lie. It's it's it. I use it on those days that I'm like, all right, I I need to get up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, they do wake up checks. So when they do a wake up check instead of snooze, uh-huh. like you could easily just like set it to like shake three times. You shake it three times and then go back to sleep. Yeah. And then that that snooze comes back vicious yeah your ass better be up (laughs) (laughs) so yeah alarm me is definitely the app if anything i think you should definitely get that i like that man i want the steps when that way i'm I'm getting out of bed because if i get out of bed and then i'm like all right man i'm already up 
All right, look. So these are the options. So you could either mm. it'll either make you squat, okay, type, steps, shake. You either got to take a photo of something <laughs> specific, do a math equation, scan a QR code. Oh wow! Or do a memory game. Damn. <laughs> so these are the only ways that you can turn. There's no snooze option. There's none of that. Yeah. This is the only way you can turn the alarm off. And I your like phone. This. And what's crazy is that it you can't lower the volume while Ooh, it's on. Oh, nice. You can't lower the volume while it's on. <laughs> so like it automatically turns your volume. Like every time you try to turn down your volume, it's uh, like, no, 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 that's fine. You're gonna feel this. <laughs> I like the strong armory of this thing, man. Yes. Yeah. And it's a free app. Yes, I like this. Nah, man, you're going to get your ass up. Walk these steps, goddammit. Because mm -hmm. once I walk the steps, I'm up. That's fire. I'm, I'm going to get in on that, man. I'm going to get in on that, see what's cracking, see what's shaking, get my ass up. Because I feel like <laughs> I failed. I feel like I failed if I just didn't get up when I planned on getting up. My plan was to get up at 730 this morning, hit the gym, and then come do these shows. Now I'm not going to go to the gym today. And then tomorrow, I'm probably not going to go tomorrow. See, I miss my window. Because I don't like going to the gym later on because it'd be too packed. And then the I gym don't, don't stay open late enough for me to get the late night. I like a good 1, 1 a.m. gym session. But these gyms be closing, man, because they saw. Even 24-hour fitness ain't been 24 hours and I don't know how long. Need to change your whole name. Just fitness. Minimal hours fitness needs to be the name of that gym. Couple hours fitness. Because you damn sure ain't been 24 hours. When you say 24 hours in your title, I need to depend on that. Or you defeating the whole purpose. Sick of it, man. Closing. And don't give me this with the pandemic. You was closing early before then. 24-hour fitness. I'm tired of you, man. False advertisement. In your name is false advertisement. In your name. In the name of your place is false advertisement. How you going to lie in the name? Yeah. 24-hour fitness. You can count on us for eight hours. Sick of it, man. Um, it was something, uh, it was something else I wanted to touch on real quick, but I forgot what it was, y'all forgot what it was. Anyway, so Dion Cole posted uh, a post on his Instagram yesterday, and it was about Harvey Weinstein, right? Dion Cole posted, shout out to Dion Cole, great comedian. Y'all should check out his Netflix special. It's up right now. Uh, Dion Cole's great. Um, Harvey Weinstein is found guilty on rape charge and others in L.A. In the caption, Dion Cole was like, watch this. I bet they don't take none of his movies off the shelves. Let me shut up and mind my business. Now, for me, for me, I definitely agree that, you know, Harvey Weinstein should be punished and all of that. For sure. I got no I got no remorse for this cat. No love. But 
He's a movie producer. He didn't write these films. He didn't direct them. I feel like it's hurting too many other people just to punish him because he's just a producer here. So I feel like I don't I don't know if I feel like his movie should be taken off the shelves. And people were in the comment section coming to me. They was just like, these are some of the reactions in the comment section. Why not? Didn't they pull the Cosby show? And he ain't write them episodes all himself. Here's the difference between the Cosby show and Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein was just producing movies. Somebody else wrote them. Somebody else directed them. Pope Fiction, for example, Harvey Weinstein did not create that movie. And in a lot of cases, a lot of cases you've seen movies you didn't even know Harvey Weinstein was attached to. Who produced The Godfather? Tell me right now who produced The Godfather. Chances are you don't know. Chances are you don't care. You know Francis Ford Coppola directed it. You know Al Pacino, Marlon Brando was all up in that bitch. But you probably don't know. You probably you know Mario Puzo wrote it. But you probably don't know who produced it. I didn't know who produced The Godfather until I started watching the series this year. That's the first time I was like, oh, that's who produced it? Never even thought about it. The Cosby Show, Bill Cosby is the face of The Cosby Show. He is, the, the show is named, it's 24-Hour Fitness. The Cosby Show is named after Bill Cosby. So these two, these comparisons right here are a little different, even though Bill Cosby didn't write the episode. The show is him. It's about him and his family. He is the face of the show. His face is on every episode. He's talking on every episode. It is him. So it's a little different than to say Shakespeare in Love or Pulp Fiction or or all these other movies that he's produced that you probably had no idea. And Dimension Films is under uh, the Weinstein umbrella. We, We getting rid of Scream. You probably didn't even know he was attached to that. So to me, it just doesn't feel. It doesn't feel right to punish so many other people uh, because of Harvey Weinstein. It's about the Huxtables, not Cosby, but the Cosby show that sizzled the Cosby show. The dude that was. Drugging women, the show is named after a criminal. It's not the same. I see, I see what I see the argument, I see the angle, but it's it's not the same. You know, uh and it was like he produced them while I continue to let him make money. I don't know if he's still making money off these movies or not. You know what I'm saying? You can you can watch Harvey Weinstein produce movies and not even know he was attached to him. That's that's the difference. When you watch the Cosby show, you are seeing the criminal. You're hearing him. And I'm not I, I wasn't calling for the Cosby show to get canceled. A lot of people in the comment section was assuming, oh, you but you want the Cosby show pool. Who who said I did? And people was like, Well, well, Kyrie didn't write or produce that film. Who said I wanted Kyrie canceled? They making it personal like I was just like, cancel Kyrie, cancel this, that, and the third. I I didn't say none of that. And somebody big assumed something about me in this comment section. I was like, I was like, who said? 
He was like, bruh, you seriously serious? Kyrie didn't make the shoe, but they took his deal. Make it make sense. Who said I wanted Kyrie canceled? And I can't, uh, I can't think of somebody. Somebody just assumed. It was a big assumption. I was just like, wait, what? I did what? And Holly Robinson Pete said, my late dad wrote, produced many episodes of the Cosby show, lost out on so much money and residuals. It sucks. So because, you know, the Cosby show did get pulled, you know, a lot of people suffered behind that. But, you know, I wasn't out here campaigning for the Cosby show to be canceled. And somebody, uh, Mercury Wood Rose said, pulling those movies denies the talent their paychecks. Why should they suffer for his sins? But I'm trying to find that one... That one comment where they just assumed the hell out of something. I was like, man, who said? Wait, Spartan. Okay, let me look for Spartan. Spartan said, let me find this. Let me find this. I bet you the average listener, the average, you know, fan of this show. Oh, okay, so Spartan 1960 said, I bet you was all for Bill Cosby getting pulled. Why would you assume I was all for Bill Cosby getting pulled, the Cosby show? I was like, was I? I didn't say nothing on the matter. But I do know the difference between somebody that was just producing movies and somebody that is the face and the voice of a particular show. There's a difference there that people don't want to acknowledge or see. And then people was bringing up, well, Kanye got canceled for this. Kanye... This is a different type of scenario. Kanye West getting canceled versus them pulling the movies off the shelves that Harvey Weinstein produced. You know, it's it's still it's still different. It doesn't it's not the same thing. Kanye West is out here really saying shit from his own mouth that's getting him can he's canceling himself. Kanye West is just out here talking, canceling himself and ruining his own opportunities. It's not the same thing. I see, I see the argument everybody's trying to make, but it's not holding up, in my opinion. It's not really holding water, if you will. Let's let's take a look. Let's take a look at at Harvey Weinstein. Let's take a look at his filmography. Let's see what they what they put out here, man. Let's. Let's go in here. Ooh. Let's, I think it's so much easier to just stop his check. Than I know stop his, everybody's check. His assets have been frozen before. Yeah. So it's like. All right. So like why punish everyone? Right. Because everybody's getting punished out here. So and that's that's a lot of people. Mad people. So his production. Uh, as a producer, as a as a regular producer, he produced uh, the movie Master and Commander, Gangs in New York, Shakespeare in Love, uh, Restoration. As an executive producer, he's produced films like Madonna, Truth or Dare, A Rage in Harlem, Reservoir Dogs, um, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, uh, The Postman, Smoke, 
The Englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain. That's a long-ass title, but I remember that movie. Things are doing different when you're dead. Uh, the Crossing Guard, The English Patient, Flirting with Disaster, Scream, The Crow, City of Angels. That movie was trash, by the way. Addicted to Love, that's that movie uh, Jeff wants me to watch so badly. Uh, Mimic, She's So Lovely, Jackie Brown, Goodwill Hunting, Copland, uh, Scream 2, Airbud, uh, Phantoms, Senseless, Wide Awake, Ride, um, Halloween Age 2 54, Rounders, um, the faculty, she's all that. My life so far. Teaching Miss Tingle, in too deep. Holy smoke. Um, the cider house rules. The crow salvation. Screen three. Scary movie. Chocolate. The yards. Bounce. Dracula two thousand. The others. Lord of the Rings. The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, the shipping news. Spy Kids. Texas Rangers. Scary movie two. Jay and Silent Bob. Strike Back. Chicago. Lord of the Rings. The Two Towers. Spy Kids two. Um, Equilibrium. Curious. Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Cold Mountain, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Spy Kids 3D, Duplex, Scary Movie 3, Bad Santa, Kill Bill Volume 1, Jersey Girl, The Aviator, Finding Neverland, Shall We Dance, Kill Bill 2, Sin City. Um, and then I think in 2005, that's when he stepped down as the executive producer, The Brothers Grimm. So, you know... That's a lot of uh I I feel like like I get why people would want his shit pulled, right? Right. I get it. They don't want him living off that. I get yeah. But my thing is is that this is him getting charged is the justice that his victims needed, right? Right. But imagine the things that he told his victims in the moment. If you say anything, your life will be ruined. And this could potentially ruin their lives because if you're pulling his movies, that's the movies that they are in. Right. So his victims end up losing. Right. So it's like it's like a bittersweet victory. So why make them suffer even more by stopping their checks? Right. Because the person that ruined their lives is getting punished and taking everyone with him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, that's not fair. It'd be one thing if like, if all of Cosby's victims, I understand the Cosby thing too, though. Like that, yeah. it, it should have just been him stopping, but it's his name on it. So that shit is, that shit is weird. Like ain't nobody going to watch it if there was reruns anyways. But like, like if it was a bunch of uh, Cosby victims on the show and they pulled the show now everyone's punished. Like it, it just, it just sucks. It's just all of it sucks. Everyone's a victim in all of these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except for the person who committed the crimes. You right. feel me? Like except for Cosby's not a victim and Harvey's not a victim. But everyone that they have coming come across is, and it's just unfortunate. It's just an unfortunate scenario. But like when it comes to Harvey and pulling his stuff, you're literally punishing the victims because they endured the bullshit right that he did in order to get in these movies that you guys are trying to pull and yeah. that shit's not fair just lock his ass up stop his stop his check don't mm -hmm. stop everybody else's right and like i said earlier a lot of you probably didn't even know those movies i just listed were even associated with harvey weinstein 
Right. Like you probably got to be a movie head to really connect the dots. Like I would, I knew some of them, but I'm a movie nerd. But most people aren't like that deep right. into it. We don't care who produced what. We're just watching. You know, you you usually care about the actors, the writer, and the director. That's pretty much surface level. When you watch a movie, that's pretty much as far as you take it. You're never like, oh, who produced this before I go watch? You don't care about who produced something on the on the movie side. Maybe like musical production, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's a Pharrell beat. That's a Timbaland beat. Sure. But when yeah, you go me. you go to the average movie, you just like, who directed it? Who's starring in it? You know, what, what what's the movie look like? What's the premise? And they throw the producer on there in the advertisement from the producers of blah, 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 blah. But nine times out of ten, that doesn't hit me the same as directed by. I don't know who produced Get Out or Nope or Us. We were excited by Jordan Peele. We were excited by, oh, Lupita's, you know what I'm saying, doing a thing or whatever. We were excited by the, the writer-director's, you know, pedigree. Steven Spielberg is another one that's like, oh, Steven Spielberg directed this? Let me pull up. Now, Steven Spielberg has produced a lot of shit. But I feel like, you know, in most cases, we're not going just because Steven Spielberg produced a certain thing. We just like, all right, we we pulling up because of the way the movie looks more so. Because sometimes they'll throw the producer in there just to get you to go. Like, Steven Spielberg produced this? And a lot of people get confused. They'd be like, oh, he directed it. No, no, he just produced it. Mm. What was you about to say? I was going to say, let's think about the victims, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to stop a bag from the following. Uma Thurman, Mira Servino, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, let's see. There's, there's a hundred names on here. I am not reading them all. Yeah. Heather Kerr. Just give, a, give us Hench, the, the hard hitters. Daryl Hannah, Salma Hayek. Um, let's see. Let me go to the top. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, Beckinsale, yeah. Uh, Kate Blanch- Blanchett, Hella Bonham Carter. Uh, let's see who else is hard hitting. Paz de la Huerta. She everywhere now. I was just talking about her. Oh, wait, is that the one I was talking about from Boardwalk Empire? Me and you having that conversation. Uh, that's oh her. yes, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's it's so many people that like are in great movies that he produced that it, I just feel like they just shouldn't be punished. So many women, there's so many women. It's so, it's literally, I'm going to tell you how many it's 107. Damn man. 107 women have come forward to say that he has either physically assaulted harassed or some form of uncomfortable situation mm. involving sex um, was involved with Harvey Weinstein. Not yeah, the- those are all his victims. Everybody I just named. Damn. Damn. And the producer of uh, Dallas D said uh, Jason Bloom produced uh, Get Out. Yep. Uh, Jason Bloom 
It's a whole bunch of producers on this list, but Jason Bloom is on here. Get Out has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four, fourteen producers here for Get Out. Yeah, <laughs> it's fourteen producers: producer, co-producer, executive producer, associate producer. It's just like God damn. So many people involved. Um, but let's look at the Harvey Weinstein production. I'll do I'll do Pulp Fiction. I'll do Pulp Fiction. Let's see how. So when you look at the cast and crew of Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction was produced by Lawrence Bender, Danny DeVito, Richard N. Gladstein, Michael Schamberg, Stacey Scher, Bob Weinstein, and Harvey Weinstein. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven producers. All of that going on, all those production cooks in the I never knew Danny DeVito was attached to Pulp Fiction until this very moment right here on the show. <laughs> Never had an ounce of a clue, an inkling to know that Danny DeVito was one of the producers on Pulp Fiction. And this is what I'm talking about. On average, we don't know who produces stuff unless we really dig in the crates. And now, when movies come on now, they don't even show you the credits. Movies just come on now. You lucky if you get the title. Gone are the days of full credits before the show comes on, before the movie comes on. TV shows, you can still kind of get an intro, but a lot of the times you don't even know. You just go in, you already got to know what you're watching before you just go in because they might not give you the title screen. And so you really don't know who produced stuff now. So that's why I say I don't think his movie should be pulled um, because he's not the face and the voice of these movies. When you think about Pulp Fiction, you think about Quentin Tarantino. You think about Sam Jackson. You think about John Travolta. You think about Uma Thurman. You think about Bruce Willis. You think about Ving Rhames. The last person you're thinking about is the Weinsteins. You damn sure ain't thinking about Danny DeVito <laughs> because this shit is a goddamn bombshell right now. Now, if he had a movie called The Weinsteins Movie, pull that shit. Harvey and the Wines. Pull it. Pull it. Um, But yeah, man. So that's, that's just my little take on that, man. But I'm glad he getting out here, getting all the, all the years and the sentences to the face. Because he a whole hoe. Just a terrible dude. So, good riddance, punk. You earned it. Amari Stoudemire allegedly punched 17-year-old daughter for being disrespectful to her grandmother. Parenting or crossing the line? He punched his daughter. First of all, this is alleged. You know, we don't know what's going on. But, first of all, my kids ain't going to disrespect the grandparent. 
that's just first and foremost, that's just something that's just not going to happen on my watch. And you day you and you got to be thankful that you even still have grandparents to draw from. Grandparents are sacred. Now the grandparents could be trash. Maybe the grand maybe the grandmother been talking shit for years and the daughter was like, "I'm tired of your shit, granny." And then Amari comes around the corner with the with the piece. I don't know. I don't know what led up to the disrespect. I don't know. I don't know the dynamic cuz cuz some grandparents are trash. Let's just be real. You don't, you don't know the family dynamic like that. Some grandparents are out of pocket. Some grandparents are racist. And you sometimes you got to check them. Sometimes you got to be disrespectful to your grandparent to be like, man, shut your old racist ass up, man. Talking about in my day. Fuck your day. And then you get hit in the eye from your, your dad. Some grandparents need to be checked. We know this. Some of you listeners out here, even in your own family, they holding on to some old-fashioned bullshit that they don't need to be talking about no more and, and then you get fed up after years of listening to their rhetoric and old schoolness and intolerance or whatever it may be you might be like you know what granddad man shut up and then your dad comes around the corner with a nice ooh. we don't know the dynamics of the disrespect but punching your daughter though we can clip this Punching your daughter, though. I don't know. I, it's just too much information we don't have here. But the punch? Was it in the face? Was it the gut punch? Shoulder? Like, I don't I don't know any of the details on this particular. Was it, you know, a shoulder like, but a punch, though. I ain't never punched the kids. I open hand, tap that butt, though. I've done that. Open hand right on the cheeks. You heard what your mother said. I've done that. I've done that. Mind you, it was you this was when they were like, you know what I'm saying? Ten, maybe eight. Just a quick, you know, on the butt. I'm all about the butt cheeks. The butt hey, cheeks yo. if you can find it, man. No pause, man. As a parent, all about the butt cheeks, man. The butt cheeks can take it. The butt cheeks can take it. Think about the cheeks, man. Ladies, think about how many times your cheeks been slapped when you're having a good time. The cheeks, the cheeks is built for this. Nice open hand, little right on the butt. Pap. Especially if you got some heft on them cheeks. Got a little cushion, you know what I'm saying? Could take it. Sabrina got cheeks, man. Chill, bro. Nah, man, look out, man. Watch out. Sabrina got cheeks. And they've been slapped. And they absorbed the they absorbed the hit. You know what I'm saying? Absorb it. They absorbed the they absorbed the smack up, man. So I don't know. I don't know, you know. I don't know the parameters of this here situation. But, you know, that's a big hand coming in. Hmm. But we don't know what she did. We don't know what the daughter did. We immediately be like, no, nah, no. Nah. Some kids are trash. Let's be real. Some kids is trash. 
The good sun always comes back in full circle. Oh, the good sun ri- rises again. <laughs> we don't know, man. We we don't. It's it's too many variables in this situation for us to haul off and make snap judgments like that. We don't know the situations. We don't know the parameters. We don't know what kind of punch it was or where the punch was. He might have punched her in the cheeks. Because the cheeks can sustain. I don't know. He's a big dude, though. He almost seven feet tall. Uh, man, let's look at his stats, man. He 250? Amari Stoudemire. Height and weight. Without shoes, they say. Six. Six ten, two forty-five. Yeah. This is a giant. Is six a giant. ten, two forty-five. The cold part is, man, he's six ten. And my weight ain't even that far from his. Man, I'm, I'm about fifteen pounds less, maybe sixteen, seventeen, okay, eighteen. But goddamn. I gotta I gotta get back on it, man. He got a whole he got a whole eight inches on me in height. But I gotta get back on track. I'm six two. He's six ten, two forty five. Man, that means he lean. I gotta get back on. Man. Watch out, man. His hand gotta be huge, man. NBA hands. Come on, man. Yes, yeah, big. This is a picture of him next to Ti. Ti comes right underneath his shoulder. This dude is just coming in with a long-ass punch. There's a picture somewhere in the universe of me standing next to him. Mm. And I look like a fucking toddler. But uh, Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not fair because I'm 5'2", but exactly. still, I look like a toddler. He definitely could have he could have gripped the top of my head like mm. a basketball For and sure. just lifted me up. And I would have been like, oh. Okay. For sure. I guess this is what's happening. Absolutely. I would have just had to take it. Yeah. You little, man. Nah, I was knee height to this man. Yeah, man. Um, we saw pictures of Rihanna and uh ASAP's baby. Mad cute. Cute, man. Who the baby look like? Let me look at this child for a while. The baby's forehead it does look like Reese. That's Rihanna's forehead. Tough. That's definitely Rihanna's Tough. You know, Cute baby though. Oh, adorable, man. The baby look like the baby look like a good time. Like <laughs> the picture I seen with this I see Rihanna in this baby. Man, I don't know, man. It's still too early. It is too early, but he's really he's really cute. That's a cute kid. That's definitely Rihanna's forehead. I see Rihanna in this baby, man. I'm looking at the smile. The, the baby smiling tough. Yo, the baby low-key got Drake's eyes. But, you know, that's neither him nor him. Hey, this baby oh. ain't got no Drake eyes, man. Look out, man. <laughs> I just want to start some you shit. stirring the pot. The baby <laughs> looks like Rihanna, man. Looks just like Rihanna. This is Rihanna had this baby alone. Asexual. ASAP hasn't kicked in yet. Give it time. Yeah, give it time. Babies be changing. You know, this early in the game, you can never be like, oh, you're going to look like, nah, too early. But right now, I see Mama Bear and this baby. Oh, the baby looked like her dad, low-key. Hold on, I just got oh, a picture of her dad. Let me see what her, you know, Rihanna's pops looking like. 
Rihanna's dad. They got the same nose. I just I just oh, yeah. texted it to you. Yeah. I see I see the I see the the granddad and the baby. That's cute. Yeah, man. That baby is on the Rihanna side right now for sure. Right. For sure, for sure. I don't think I don't think Drake ever smashed Rihanna. I don't think no, they ever smashed. No. <laughs> but not not only they because you know they were rumored to be attached. I feel like this. I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. I know Drake was feeling Rihanna, but I, I just feel like she was never feeling him. Mm. That was the end. Remember that time that that award show? He was doing all of this and that and the third. He was professing all his love for her. She was just like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> I feel like he really wanted Rihanna, but Rihanna was just like, I don't think Drake did it for her. He couldn't keep it together. That's what you listen to uh, Certified Lover Boy. He had that song called Fucking Fans, and it's pretty much about him stepping out when he had Rihanna at home. Did he ever have her at home? Yeah. They were together more than once. That was the second time around when we saw all of that stuff going on, and that's when it was over. Mm. After that, that was that was it. But he definitely had her. That was like the second time because you know, back about ten years ago, Chris and Drake got into a scuffle over the I whole thing. I remember that. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's the only time they really ever like you know. Initially, they made music together, and then they made music together again, and they were rumored to be supposedly dating mm. or whatever. And then the falling out, and then in twenty sixteen. Around that time, the same thing, whatever, then all this other stuff, and then it falls apart. And then Drake's with supposedly J-Lo, and Rihanna's just doing her own thing. So Drake I was with J-Lo? Mm-hmm. When was this? Very, very short. It was like a like maybe a fling or something, uh, something like that. Yeah. I don't even remember that. You remember that, Sabrina? Uh, I'm just, yeah, I don't fucking know. Drake's been with everybody. I he, feel like Drake's been with you been... at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely was around, but I think it was a petty thing to get at Diddy, too. I drunk text J-Lo, old number, so it bounced back. Then he got the J Lo clearance on the uh, Teenage Fever song too. So yeah, come on. He petty like that though. Is get into his petty tendencies. He's he's a pretty terrible guy. (sighs) And he had beef with DJ Drama, and he ended up smashing his girl. Oh, so yeah. Damn. He's he's a he smashed his girl after the fact. During that whole thing where it was going on, like the uh, remember the ghostwriting and all the stuff like that. Yeah, after that. Oh wow! But the, w- drama wasn't with the girl when they when her I and Drake's. Don't ran. know, I because I saw the part of it and he and DJ Drama basically confirmed he was like Drake did. Oh wow! And I was like, God damn, Drake out here petty. Yeah, look at the the other picture I just texted you. Let's see. <laughs> so uh, Rihanna's dad smiling and the baby smiling. I'm telling you, man that that baby is taking up at the Rihanna side. It's so cute. That's a cute baby, man. Adorable. Yeah. Love the kids, man. I'm Love sad the paparazzi kind of ruined the, you know. Yeah. I like uh, babies, man. Babies are sacred, man. They had a good time. I like babies. Shout out to Serene, too, man. He was great with babies. Man, he was, he was so was great good with babies. With babies. He, he loved, <laughs> <laughs> he loved babies. He had a great rapport with babies. He would have been a good dad. Mm-hmm. He'd have been a good time, man. He was all in with babies. Yeah, tough. I was like, look at this guy. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I used to always watch them like, look at this man. <laughs> yeah, man. Babies are funny, man. They had a good yeah, time. Yeah, funny. Yeah, he and he didn't know he never seemed nervous or nothing nah. like that. He just laughed with them. He'd just be right. chilling. Mm-hmm. Just chilling with him. I still don't think Rihanna smashed Drake though. <laughs> <laughs> She, you know, he don't seem like her flavor. I don't know what her flavor is, but I don't know, man. If ASAP, I, I would have never thought ASAP. So I, you don't know what her flavor is. They you you little, thought ASAP was her flavor? Uh, they did a little thing on the state. What was that, the VMAs? I, I can't necessarily say that he seems like her flavor, but he definitely seems more... <sighs> less... Or less. Here's my outlook on how Drake comes off to me. Okay. He seems a little cornballish when it comes to the women. Um but women like that. Huh? I so said some women like that. Some women like everything though. But so ASAP doesn't give me that energy at all. And Rihanna doesn't give me cornballish energy like she would like a cornball dude. I agree. Their personalities match fairly well. They're confident in who they are, yeah. what they like, and the kind of things that they bring to the you know table. Ace right. I've always been a I'm this, I'm that, I'm this kind of guy. He, you know, it seems cocky, but it's like I'm just I'm I feel me. And Rihanna's right. never been the type to back down from like what she feel, how right. she wanna talk or anything like that. So more so that that will come across. Whereas, yeah, Drake is he goofy. He's just a goofball. He always been a goofball. And that and that part is a adds a charisma to him, but that's not everybody's flavor. Right. And those two together, it it just felt like when I would see those two, it felt like Drake was clearly the one really like, yo, Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna was like, oh, all right, man, look out. <laughs> that was that was the energy I would always get from that dynamic. But I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. I don't know anything. But that's just the vibe. That's just the energies I'm reading. You know, so I don't know. But I do want one thing. Rihanna and ASAP produce a nice little track called The Baby. That's adorable. Shout out to them. Um, are y'all ready for Christmas? Y'all ready for Christmas? And what does Christmas mean to y'all as adults now? How does Christmas hit to you now as an adult? How you feeling? Does it hit the same? Is it different now? Are you annoyed by the Christmas season? Does it do anything at all for you? Is it the music? Is it the vibe? Is it the look? Is it the the flow? Do you get stressed out because you gotta you gotta do all this Christmas shopping and you be waiting to the last minute and then boom, boom, pow, you stress, you in the thick of it, you getting you getting, you know, mobbed down by mobs at the mall, you know what I'm saying? You getting run over by the stampede of shoppers. You don't know where the park is going down. It's crazy, man. Look out, man. Hold them, grab them, and hold them. Are you stressed? 
Or is it like your season where you're just like, oh, man, I love this time of year, man. You're going all out on the decoratives and you're doing this, that, and the third, and you got the music pumping and you, you Mariah Carey and Sounds of Blackness and you got all this going. You got the Boys to Men Christmas album playing. What does Christmas mean to you and are you ready? Like, I got to recover on Christmas. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm mortally wounded emotionally by the holidays. And it ain't got nothing to do with the holidays. I didn't lose my son in December. I lost him in August. But still, it's just like a piece of me is missing. And that trickles down into the holiday season. But, you know, I still love the music. I still like the vibes. I still like to go, excuse me, I still like to go look at uh, Christmas lights and decorations. And I don't know why we didn't get the projector like I was talking about. Um, just so the house could pop. Because the projector on the house for the holiday season, that's the perfect way to decorate your house for Christmas. Because you don't have to go out there and staple lights to the roof and just go all of that. You ain't got to do all of that. You can just put a projector up and boom, it's lit up. Your house is lit up. You you included on the block. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah it's that time of year right here. They know what's up right there. But you ain't got to do all the heavy takedowns because the homeowners associations be like, why are your decorations still up? Tight asses. But with a good projector, you in the mix. You in the conversation. Especially, especially our house. We on the corner. We on the corner on my block. So it's like, man, I should have brought something. Because now they go down our block and it's like, man, this, look at this house right here, man. They ain't even kicking it off. Now we looking soft on the block, like we ain't festive, like we ain't included in the holiday celebrations. We had the Christmas lights on the second, uh, the little patio joint. But then the homeowners just said, why are your decorations still up? Now, mind you, we be leaving decorations up way past. Way past, you know, like you know, before before we got the cast, man, the Christmas tree was up in my house for like months after Christmas. You know, that's neither here nor there. You know, say like if you leave it up to me, Christmas the Christmas tree just gonna stay up all year round. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what I'm saying. I just like having the Christmas tree around. I like the way the the way it lights the house when the, all the lights are out, and you just light the Christmas tree. I, I just like that whole vibe. And it's like a vibe. It's like you know, you know that Christmas light style, man. I used to love nice where it just be the Christmas lights on and nothing else, and you just be like, man. That's a vibe right here. You put the good music on, man. You know what I'm saying? You got some hot chocolate, you know what I'm saying? Bowl of cereal, man. Some malto meal, some savory grits, you know what I'm saying? You're just looking at the Christmas lights and you be like, man, that's a good vibe. I feel like the house smells better too when you got that lighting going. You know what I'm saying? So it was like hard for me to take the Christmas tree down. I was just like, man, just leave it up, man. It ain't hurting nobody. It's here, man. It became, you know what I'm saying? It became a part of the family. And people was all like, man, why you still got your Christmas tree up? And it was months after. This was like six months after. And Tony still got his Christmas tree up and it would bother the shit out of y'all. I would keep it up just because it bothered y'all because I don't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? But I like the Christmas tree. But at the same time, it's just like, so the homeowners association is like, nah, man, you ain't going to do this on our block. Take your shit down. You ain't going to leave this shit up until, until July. You fucking up the whole block. And it's just like, man, who are you to say anything? We the homeowners association, man. Get your ass out of here and be like, hey, man, we don't want no trouble. So now we get punked by the homeowners association. But we want to keep them decoratives up. But man, look out. Stop telling us what to do. But now Christmas is, it's cool. I don't hate Christmas. I ain't got no beef with Christmas. I still like Christmas movies, Christmas music. But, you know, it, it just don't hit the same. I'm going to still get some gifts, but they, it's just going to be cash. 
I'm still, you know, get get what you want and then wrap it up and say I gave it to you. Shout out to Keelan. I got Keelan something for his birthday. He told me thanks today in person. He was like, man, thank you for the for the Target gift card. I'm like, man, come on, man. Happy birthday, kid. And then a little tear rolled. It's like, happy birthday, kid. Clean. You know what I'm saying? Freeze frame. And then he was walking out. Keelan was walking out of the, the studio. And I was like, hey, kid. Happy birthday. And then my eye twinkled. Like, clean. You know what I'm saying? It was a great moment. It's a great moment. But happy holidays to all y'all that love Christmas and you still rock with Christmas and you feel it and you love it and you know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody's family, the good, the good, the peanuts, all that good stuff, man. Um wait, hold on, Kobe Maguire. Tony cussed out people for months because he left his Christmas tree up. You say anything about my tree being up, I'm blocking you. I did. I did. I did. I think the homeowners association probably followed me. And they knew I was gonna leave that shit up all year. So they was just like, nah, we know, we know what you're capable of and we're not having it. Um, any questions from the patron saints? Yes. Oh, what we got? Okay. I emailed it to myself. What we got? Yeah. Shannon said, if celebrities in the 70s through 90s had Patreon, which one? Which ones would you join? Which wait, one wait, would start you over, join? Start over. Okay. Shannon said, uh-huh. if celebrities in the 70s through 90s had Patreon, which ones would you join and what content would you like to see from them? Hmm. Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, I want to see behind the scenes of how they're making the songs. I want to see RZA making beats. I want to see them formulating the rhymes. I want to see behind the scenes footage of the music videos being made. I want to know their favorite karate movies and all that. Nas. um, I want to see his creative process working with track masters and, you know what I'm saying, uh, LES creating, you know, it was written in Illmatic. Um, Outcast. I would love to see their creative process. Um, you know, I feel like it'd be like two different Patreons with uh, Andre and Big Boy. I would like a Steven Spielberg Patreon, um, just so I could see his whole process in making the film. Uh, Prince would be a great uh, Patreon. I would love to see, you know, how he gets down on the creative tip. As far as acting, I would love, I would, I would, I would be a patron of Michael Keaton for the eighties. Uh, he was my favorite actor in the eighties, so I would like to see, you know, how he does his thing. What makes him choose a role? Like, you know, I would love to see behind the scenes of Batman and Beetlejuice and Johnny Dangerously. It's a movie a lot of people don't know about. Um, for the nineties, it would be Wu Tang, Outkast, Nas. As far as actors, I would I would probably join Martin Lawrence's Patreon. Um, Cause I would love to see behind the scenes of like bad boys, you know, being made and um all that good stuff. Probably in Living Color, like Damon Wayans, I would probably be a patron of. Sinbad, Seinfeld, I would be a patron of. Um 70s, 80s, and 90s. 
I would probably join Tupac's Patreon because I feel like it would never be boring. Tupac's Patreon would never be boring. Um, so that'd be a good that'd be a good one to join. Um, I kind of feel like a no limit Patreon would be kind of entertaining. Um, Biggie, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. All these Patreons I'm subscribed to. I gotta get a I gotta get a cooking show up in there. I gotta get a chef in there. Julia Child. <laughs> Let me get in on that. Arsenio Hall Patreon. Rick James, that'd be wild, man. His Patreon is orgies, coke. Buffalo. Uh, Eddie Murphy would be a dope Patreon. Uh, I would like to see the Neptunes Patreon. Missy Elliott on the patron tip. Buster Rhymes, his Patreon be cracking. Popping and cracking. Yeah. Rick James probably be OnlyFans. Madonna. I would get a Madonna OnlyFans. Because I was all in on Madonna for the late 80s, early 90s. I was like, Madonna. And then that was short-lived. But for a little bit, I was like, you know, Madonna. I figure, I feel like hers would be mad entertaining and wild and just you never know what to expect. Um, But, yeah. I know I'm up to $1,000 a month. I better chill. But that's just, you know, that's me. That's what I would go with. Any other questions? Uh, Tony, oh, by Simone L. Tony, how do you feel about Bow Wow and Jermaine Beef and Little Romeo and Master P Beef? Now, I don't know, because I saw Jermaine Dupree. He was talking about he laid the blueprint for 106 and Park being created. And Bow Wow was like, eh, that's cap, man. No, you didn't. And so um, I didn't look up when 106 and Park started as opposed to when Bow Wow debuted. I didn't do the timeline investigators' reports. But uh, I was just like, oh, shit. And because Jermaine Dupree said that he went to BET and was like, yo, we need to create, we need to create something like TRL over here that has like, you know, you know, showing the fandom of the black audience over black, you know, artists. And Bow Wow is that, you know, is that blueprint. And so, but Bow Wow was like, man, stop the cap, man. You lying. You didn't create no, you know, 106 and Park, this, that, and the third. He didn't want to discredit BET's creativity by, you know, giving it to Jermaine Dupree. The brat stepped in and defended um, Jermaine Dupree was saying that, you know, all he's done for you is, you know, giving you, helped you with your career. He was hands-on. He's non-combative. Uh, um, this is that and the third. And you and you keep publicly, like, you know, taking shots at this man. So the brat came in and stuck up for JD big time. And I was just like, oh, oh. So I don't know what kind of beef Bow Wow and Jermaine Dupree have. I don't know what the uh I don't know what the issue is, if there even is one. It's more of like uh 
supposedly discrediting him mm. kind of thing where yeah. it was like well all he was saying was that that wasn't that truth. wasn't yeah. yeah like that that ain't that ain't you know that ain't that's not actually that's what cap yeah that's cap that's not what happened <laughs> Uh, and I think people took it like you know out of context, and then the brat jumped in there. Yeah, because has has Bow Wow come at JD before? Yeah, because it sounded like you know this is a builder. Because the brat was like, "All right, I can't sit here quiet no more." And I was like, "Oh, you know what I'm saying?" Because it apparently earlier this year, I guess he said Bow Wow wishes he stayed with Snoop Dogg and calls all his albums mid. But you know that Bow Wow had like in JD they had like a little dust up earlier in his career too. He did those two albums. His Bow Wow's first two albums, uh-huh. and then after that, he wasn't on So So Deaf anymore. So he dropped oh. his third album when he was sixteen. That was not on So So Deaf anymore. And then, and he was never on So So Deaf after that. Then he kind of oh, came wow. back and worked with JD again when he dropped um, the Price of Fame. I think when he was around eighteen. That's like two thousand six. So Price mm. of Fame, and then the album after that, which was Wanted. I think. Uh-huh. So he did those albums or whatever. Then he was working with JD again. But if you listen to oh. the. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Unleashed album had no Jermaine Dupree production on it. Wow. So, uh, okay, so Lil Bow Wow's album debuted September twenty, uh, September two thousand. Mm-hmm. One hundred six in Park debuted September It debuted, uh, so his album dropped September 26th. Bow Wow's first single dropped August of 2000. 106 and Park's premiere date was September 11th, 2000. September 11th, uh, 2000. Hmm. And then, uh, Yep, so debut album, So So Deaf. Second album, Doggy Bag, So So Deaf. Unleashed, that's when he was just Columbia. Let me see. Album went gold. His first two albums went platinum. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh shit! Is uh his first album triple platinum? Well, doubt he was. He hit the scene pretty hard. Damn! So triple platinum, according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia always pumping the numbers up. Hold on, let me go to RIAA, man. Because Wikipedia be like, it'd be the artist be in there writing. They'd be like, yeah, so ten million copies, man. Make sure you get that in there. Uh, bow wow. Bow wow. All right, let's see, Kev. Bow wow. Beware <laughs> of dog. Two million. See, see Wikipedia be all right. Two million. And then doggy bag went platinum. Oh, hold on. Doggy bag is also double platinum. But According to RIAA, it's just Columbia. It doesn't even have social death attached to that one. And then Unleashed went gold. Uh, Wanted Wanted went platinum. Is that when he went back to Soso? That's a, yeah, he started working with him. Not the not the first time, but the I think Price of Fame was before Wanted, I believe. 
Okay, so Wanted, Wanted was after Unleashed. Really? Yeah, and it has Jermaine Dupree as executive producer. Okay, so yeah, that's a, that. then that would be immediately after. And then Price of Fame, Jermaine Dupree is a producer. There's a different uh, label in here called LBW. That's is that little Bow Wow Entertainment. Yeah. That's his own thing with Columbia. So Jermaine Dupree was still in the uh, in the, in the mix yeah. for the Price of Fame. He was still in the mix for a Face Off. Yep. And then New Jack City too. I don't even remember this album. After after the the Face Off album, it kind of his career had like that musical decline. Yeah. Hmm. So he's he definitely worked with him before, but it's like you know the legitimacy of what he's saying is it you know that's the thing that people were talking about. Like yeah, regardless of what JD did, he was just saying like I guess you know people's ego getting away and stuff. And I can understand why Bow would be like, you know, this man made a show around me, like one of you know, like whole thing mm. about that. And then him, you know, Bow would call himself like Mr. One Oh Six in Park. What kind of claim is that if the show was made for you in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Right. So Yeah. I guess that's probably why I made him jump. I was like, he didn't he didn't do that. And then I supposedly the creator of it was like, no, two. But I don't I can't find right. I'm trying to find that act like where the creator actually said that. But mm. yeah. So I can see why it'd be an issue or whatever. But yeah. you know, I don't think Bow Wow's lying about it either. I don't, I don't think so either. I think uh, I'm sure. What I don't doubt, I'm sure Jermaine Dupree probably did go to BET and say something like, "Yo, we need something like you know, cash. You know how people just always coming up with ideas on the fly. Yeah, Yo, we need to create like a TRL for for us, and like you know, I can see that happening somewhere down the line. You know, especially if he's working because he's already had experience with working with kids sensations like mm -hmm. you take crisscross yeah chris crisscross would have been a phenomenon on uh 106 and park yeah they would have been would number have one every week you know every day it'd be like eh, number one crisscross and so he he was already familiar with that um that type of lane and, and if you look at trl of course you're gonna be like yo we need something like this for the blacks especially if you in music um, and then that timing just worked out so perfectly with Bow Wow debuting and 106 and Park debuting. It was like a, a hand in hand marriage of, you know, let's create this pandemonium that they got going at TRL. We're going to do it on this side. And 106 and Park was popping. Yeah, um, so JD is still discovering people because he's the reason that Lotto exists right now. Oh, yeah. He's still like a kid, like he still finds kids. She's a woman now, but like back yeah. then, when he just when she came onto his show, she was a kid. So he's still that's still his uh his lane. He has an eye for young talent, probably yeah. because he was in entertainment as a kid himself. Yeah, what right. was he? He was a dancer. He was a dancer, so you can catch little, little Jermaine Dupree in like old videos. I'm like, yo, that's that's JD. Yeah. So he's very much tapped into, and even when he started like working with these young kids, he was young himself still. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like that's his that's his niche. But you know, we'll see, and that kind of speaks to certain things where you know, um, when you have an artist sticking up for you like that, like how the brat sticks up for Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, it just makes sense. That kind of says a lot too. That okay. Obviously, if the brat is going to bat for this man, he must have did her right on the business end. If she's, you know, if she's sticking up for him like that, 
oh, at least from her, you know, her standpoint. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we see it all the time with, like, artists who are like, man, they, they ripped me off. And, you know, they're not going to go to bat for their producer or whoever. And speaking of that, on the back of this, you know, you got little Romeo and his dad, you know, going at it. And for me, I'm seeing the back and forth and I'm seeing what was said and I'm reading what was said. And it's just like, I don't, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like Romeo is being, it feels like he's being sincere. I, I can I, I can I can believe that too. Me too, because Romeo has never been super vocal, and he's right. grown now. Like that, right. people think it was like a, he's trying to get attention. I was like, yo, he's gr- he's not a kid anymore. He's grown, so I believe what he's actually saying has some validity to it. And he's never been thirsty for attention. He's never come off as somebody that's thirsty for attention. Bro, Romeo was in the limelight for a couple years, and then he disappeared. And yeah. then we saw started seeing him on the commercials. Right, and then they, you know that was like a running joke about it. Right, but he's never been like super duper in your face famous or mm-hmm. anything like that so i don't feel like he has any reason to be like i'm trying to gain attention now for what right he's like he seems like he's just a family dude he's doing what he's got to do and he's grown like they're these people that we grew up watching i did like i grew right. up watching bow out and the romeo and all that yeah they're in their 30s now like right they're grown and him coming at his dad or whatever and then being like you know this this and this and then master p kind of falling right back into the same trap that he was saying that he does all the time make it be like hey i think he is speaking his truth right and i, I can get why Cause a lot of people was like, "Why are you putting that on social media?" Cause what? Cause from what Romeo is saying is that he's already tried to talk to his father several times about it, and he keeps getting gaslit. And like when you when you're dealing with somebody, especially fam- family, can be the most stubborn and hardest people to talk to. And when you feel like you're not breaking through or you're not being heard or this, that, and the third, it's like. Well, how do I break through? And this is a way that he can break through because clearly he's getting he's getting, you know, a rise out of his dad now because the dad is, you know, at least saying something back. So it sound it sounded like a situation where we've already tried to talk to my dad. He's not listening. He's doing this, this, that, and the third. And I feel like this is the only way for me to get my my point across because you care about your image more than you care about yeah, what's going on with the family, and, and was, that's that's he, the angle he's taking. He said that post triggered him because it was like, dog, you yeah. talking about mental illness and depression is like we was out here broke and you had all this money, you flying right. and stuff like that, and we struggling. We check the check still to this day. And he feels like you know he really didn't have that energy for his daughter when she was going through what she was going through. He was feeling like you know um, he really didn't have that communicative spirit or that that compassion that he showed for Ellen's DJ Twitch. He felt like he didn't have that same energy for his sister, which is Masterpiece's daughter. So it, it's tough to see, but I don't feel like Romeo is just doing this for the social media attention. No, it doesn't read like that to me. Um, I was watching when Master P was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I one thing I didn't, I don't know how I feel about it, but I feel like maybe, I don't know. I feel like you could probably talk on this more on how you would feel about it. Um, in, the, in his speech, he was like, look, I know Romeo lost his sister, but I lost a daughter. Yeah. As if he was trying to make it seem like, like I'm- he lost more than him. Yeah, and it's like it's like y'all both lost somebody and what I'm hearing is y'all need therapy. Yeah. 
period. Like at the end of the day, I just, I'm hearing therapy is needed because sometimes y'all like stuff like this, it's like, all right, you can address it. You can address it. You can do all that. You can do whatever you want. But sometimes you need to address things within yourself in order to properly heal, to actually heal another relationship. You need to heal the relationship within yourself, your trauma, the, the hurt, the, the grieving and like trying to properly process it. If you're not healing within yourself, ain't mm-hmm. no way you're going to fix another relationship outside of yourself. For sure. So that's all I'm hearing. Yeah. Grief Olympics. That's not helpful at all. At I all. hate, I hate right, the so grief yeah. Olympics. Yeah. And it's as a person with, as a person that deal with serious emotional grief and trauma and loss, it's easy to fall into that. It's easy to be like, well, you don't know what it's like. It's easy for people to fall into that. It's easy because it's right there. It's like when you look at people who have lost someone or something and then you, you, man, you know, that's what you tripping over. You know, you don't know what it's like. It's easy for it to happen. Like I'm super mindful of that. Like I just be like, I'm super mindful of that mentality to where people compare losses and be like, oh, man. I take the cake because I lost such and such. You don't know what it's like. People really take pride in that. They be like, man, and they throw it in everybody's faces that will listen that, that say anything, that experience any kind of loss. You be like, man, you crying over your dog? I lost, you know, it's just. And so for him to say, you lost a sister, but I lost a daughter. It's like, what, what are you talking about, man? It's like. Terrible. It's, I lost a son, but my brother lost a brother. I mean, my my son lost his brother. Their relationship is not my relationship. There's different relationships. My relationship with my son is different than Serene's relationship with Sincere. Those are two different relationships. And they're both very powerful, very meaningful, and rooted in love and, and closeness. And, you know, so... I can't sit here and say my pain is deeper than my son's pain. Like why I would never even remotely even dare to say that. You know, it, it's I look at Cecilia and I'll be like, man, I wanna, you know, if he's okay. Cause he's so like, you know, quiet and you know, he's not he's not just gonna come up and be like, Man, I'm feeling sad and this, this, that, and the third. So his pain is different than mine. And also, to be quite honest, they were together more than than me and him. Serena and Sincere were together more than me and Serena were together because they were always together, sleeping in the same room. Like you know, when 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 I was in college and they were away in Albuquerque, three hours away, they're together every day. They're together, and then during the divorce, you know. Granted, I'm only nine minutes away on the drive. Serena and Sincere are always together. They lit they in the same room, you know what I'm saying? They they are always there. So in essence, Sincere could be like, <laughs> you know, my dad don't know what it's like to lose a brother. You know what I'm saying? He could easily be like, Man, you don't know what it's like to le- lose somebody that you're always with all the time. And I would just be like, Man, man, look out. You know, so <laughs> So, but we can't play those games. We can't play the the grief Olympics. Even even on the the grand scale, when people compare slavery to the Holocaust, I hate that shit, man. 
They're both horrible. They're both trash. And I just hate that that comparison game. And especially when you compare, when you're not even personally attached to either one of them, like personally. Like if you wasn't a slave, you really don't know what it's like. You can read all you want and hear the stories all you want, but if you weren't in the concentration camp, you really don't know what it's like. And I'm sure you take... You take an American slave and a, and a person that lived through the Holocaust for real, and they sitting there like, man, we we not taking pride in this shit. We just want we just want to live. But people on the outside are always doing the comparison. It's just corny to me. It's just like, you know. But you know, as as a person that had extreme loss like this, it could be intoxicating having that little chip on your shoulder of grief feel sorry for me because a lot of people like that energy feel sorry for me give me this extra attention give me this extra love and people just fall into that you know grief intoxication if you will i just made that shit up but i like it yeah it's just like that's what it is it's like you know they feed on that it's just like well i lost the sun so on the flip the flip end of that uh people who might not want to talk about that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. They kind of use that as a defense mechanism. You wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and that's one of the hardest right people off. Yeah. That's the hardest one to do it. Cause it's just like, you right. Yeah. You know, and being in that person that's on the receiving end and be like, you right. Like I, I don't understand. So I just, I'm here to be whatever you need me to be, but right. they kind of just write it off. Like I want to talk about it. You right. wouldn't understand anyway. Yeah. Carry on. And it's like, Damn, that's extremely dismissive. And it, and it's not your fault just because you haven't experienced it firsthand. That doesn't mean that that person can't help you through it or, you know, yeah. be something you can lean on, e- even if it's temporary. You shouldn't dismiss people just because they haven't experienced the same loss that you've experienced. Writing people, you don't know what it's like. Well, I mean, like, yeah, let people at least try to be there. Right. Like, you know, don't, you know, people deal with things differently, but I always be like, you know, if people are really there genuinely to help or try to lend a hand just in general, right? It ain't gonna fix whatever happened. But if they're gonna be there, let you know, let them be there. Yeah. Just give them just you you set the boundaries for what you want it to be. Right. But you completely di- dismissing them off is not gonna do any good for right. you yourself. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, anyway, we are an hour and twenty minutes in. We're gonna wrap this mug up. Taking a little hiatus from verbal cardio and daddy issues. Taking a much-needed break, sabbatical, if you will. Um, but we will be back. Um, and so stay tuned. Hopefully y'all will miss us on the verbal cardio tip. And it'll create some buzz coming back in when we do return. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I want y'all to have a great holiday. Uh, y'all will be hearing from me. Patron Saints will be hearing from me for sure. But if you don't. Um, I will still be posting stuff here and there, um, so I won't completely disappear on y'all. But I love y'all. I wish y'all the best. Uh, Much love, success, family, friends, good communication, good laughs, good hugs, good thoughts. I hope you you attain goals, living your dreams out there, and uh, I wish y'all the best. Shout out to Amir on the ones and twos and occasionally on the mic. Shout out to my producer extraordinaire, Sabrina. And uh, we out.